0: Hi there, I'm Becky Hammond, founder and strengths maven over at ISOGO and ISOGOSTRONG.com. Welcome to ISOGO TV, the video and audio podcast where we are fueling marriage connection, parenting grace, and work energy by focusing in on your strengths instead of fixating on your weakness. Today, you are joining us for episode 74, and we are in the middle of our ISOGO TV interview series by talking to leaders, coaches, parents, spouses regular people. We are bringing alive the life-changing stories that have been fueled by people's unique and brilliant strengths in their work, or their marriages, or their parenting. My guest today is Lisa Cummings. Lisa has delivered training and speaking events to over 11,500 participants in 14 countries. She has been featured in places like Harvard Business Publishing, Training Magazines, and Forbes, and rightly so. There's just something so real and captivating and completely pro about her. If you don't know her yet, you have to get to know her. She is the CEO of a company called Lead Through Strengths, and when she is not out spotting strengths with teams, you'll find her rescuing stray dogs or playing drums. And she's got some serious talent, let me tell you, in the world of music. So, in today's episode and today's interview, she shares her own story about how the strengths perspective and specifically understanding her own strengths and the strengths of the people she was managing at the time changed her management style from categorically classifying her team members as good or bad, to learning to not only put up with them, but ultimately to see incredible value in them so that her team would not be as effective without them. She shares about real relationships, real dynamics and real business results. It's pretty incredible. So let's dive into this conversation with Lisa Cummings. All right. Hello. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Isogo TV today. I'm so excited to have you uh, all the way from Texas. I actually don't even know what city you're in. Sorry. <laughs> Austin, Texas. Oh, Austin, Texas. Does it still count when you have to drive like two hours to get to Austin? <laughs> still in Austin? It's
1: only 25 minutes to get into Austin, but it's like two and a half hours if you pick the wrong time, <laughs> and you have to get downtown.
0: All right. There we go. Cool. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, I've been just honored to have had our uh, colleagueship turn into friendship over the last couple of years. And um, I'm excited for everyone to be able to hear from you today about the ways that you're understanding the strengths perspective, not just your own strengths, but the strengths of the people around you, really created a pivot point for you in some of your relationships at work, and I'm excited to dive into that a little bit. Um, So I would love for you to just kind of let us know a little bit about you, um, what's your family like, what do you do for work, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, thanks. Well, What's the family like? It's my husband and me. So for 24 years, we've been together having a great time. And we live, like Becky was saying, out in a rural part of Texas, right outside of Austin, Texas. So we have this nice, chill, awesome place that takes the type A edge off of us. It's a great mental space to be in a great place to live. And for a living what work is like. I have a strengths business where I focus on virtual strengths finder and leadership training and also do quite a few speeches in that area as well. And so that's that's what makes up most of my days other than throwing in some drumming and music in there. That um, takes up a lot of the space.
0: Yeah, I know. That is one part about you. That it's just like So interesting and exciting. She's a drummer, people. (laughs) Like she writes music and you should go see her if you're local or if she's traveling because she just might be someday. (laughs) Um, so what are you what are you most proud of recently? I'd love for our audience to get to know you a little bit. What's something that when you think of, what's something that you're most proud of recently?
1: Well, you know, I I guess I haven't thought of this recently, so having a recent one in there is great. (laughs)
0: It's,
1: uh, It's excellent. I think, you know, I've always been able to create training or speeches. And I always thought of myself as a spark for action. And I kind of mm-hmm. kept our company away from doing consulting because I didn't want long-term deliverables because it's not where I performed best. But then I started seeing a, a, a big gap in that Companies don't wanna just do strengths for an event, they want to implement it and see it through long-term. And I couldn't reconcile for the longest time. How can I be the best me? Which is more like, hey, spark of energy and here are some tools go forth and have a great time um, with what they really need. And so I've been able to create these year-long virtual training programs. One is focused on a year of leadership, all with the basic topics that you would talk about with leadership, conflict and feedback and all of these types of things through the lens of strengths. And then another version that is employee so that anybody can go through it and benefit from it, not just people who I have direct reports. And I'm, I'm really proud of that because it kind of brought together this need that customers have and this way of operating that I know would put mm-hmm. me and the company at its best and brought it all together.
0: So you get to offer them like a monthly spark. Like you can, you're not like I'm in this long ongoing consulting thing, but I'm like giving you a monthly spark in your leadership. Ready, set, go. Here's your tools.
1: Exactly. And then the live training that we do that is virtual is the monthly spark where we get the conversation spark, but then there are also tools and resources. I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I thought, of course, the activity guides and the videos that I yeah. send in between and all of the systems and structures and processes that we have built into the program, it gives them regular touch points. I don't have to be On camera one-on-one with a person to deliver a great resource we can create the whole system to allow that to happen naturally so that yes there's a spark that is my physical time in the studio but then there's also all this other stuff that's happening and so I just you know, I wasn't smart enough to put that together at the yeah,
0: beginning, you know, but we just like, my connectedness says you just needed all the different pieces to come together at the right time. And now this is your moment. <laughs> that's right, that's I'm right. so excited for you. And I'm kind of proud of you too. So I'll take that one for you as well. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into the strengths perspective and how that has kind of made its way through your relationships and your um, work life. Um, when you first came across the strengths concept, I want to bring people to the other side before you had the strengths perspective. Um what problems were you experiencing? What challenges challenges were you having? What were some of the things that you were just kind of constantly thinking about at the time?
1: Well, just before StrengthsFinder, okay, I'm, I'm very much, I like to learn. I like to grow. I like to be honest with myself that I'm not perfect and I have a lot of room to grow, especially early on in Being a people manager, I knew, I mean, that was really obvious. I better study and apply and test and do everything I can. And so I, before StrengthsFinder, I was thinking, okay, am I a good manager? Am I a crappy manager? What? How should I even be thinking about all this stuff? And then what about my team? Are they good performers? Do I have some performers that have been skating by all along? And so I started this was me being, um, not knowing what to do.
0: (laughs) I I guess
1: creative, except it sounds really analytical. It's almost like I created a rubric that was like, here are all the criteria that makes an amazing team member. And then I was doing this mentally. I didn't have it like on a spreadsheet or something, but.
0: Other people to see it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's not something that one, it should be discoverable. No, but, um, I had a couple of people on the team who I'm thinking, they are low on some areas that are really critical for the team reaching mm-hmm. its goals. And there were things like people who were resisting change. Every time we would try to do something, they're they're like not participating in it. They would shut down on conversations. They would not do the new processes that that we would come up with as a company. This wasn't just stuff I was coming up with as the leader. This was the the company level type of stuff. And they resist yeah. everything. And then I felt like maybe they were being the toxic person on the team or the one trying to get others to not participate, or if they shut down in a meeting and did the I'm cross my arms and be grumpy and be really obvious that I'm like this, then their peers see them acting like that. And their peers are starting to dance around the topic and think about how they address the situation. Yeah. So before strengths as a team, I'm, I'm, ranking in my head, a couple of people at the bottom. And then consistently what's happening that I can tell now looking back is they just kept behaving into those couple of categories where I had them rated so lowly, lowly. And I couldn't see what made them awesome because I was only willing to be validating my other opinions on these negative things, but I wasn't on the lookout for the great stuff. So, do you think
0: they were like contributing those great things, or do you think like the environment you started being crafted in such a way that they weren't even really contributing those things?
1: I think it was the environment because okay. I wasn't pulling them out of them. The culture of the company was all about being on the move and bringing change forward and doing these things with people who like the steady, stable, loyal know what to expect. I want to do repeatable things. I like standard operating procedures. I like following rules. I like enforcing rules. They were kind of in that camp, which is not how my brain works. And it isn't how the company culture was moving. So it was not putting them in a place to want to put them on display. And when they did, we didn't like to see them.
0: Mm, yeah. And, so, and you didn't consider them something good? When- no. When it came across, sure didn't. (laughs) Sure (laughs) didn't. (laughs) Did you have any personal reflections on yourself as a manager at the time? Like, I mean, you said like you're trying trying different things and kind of you know kind of self aware. Was did you have a a space in your mind where you yeah were thinking about who you were and what you what you what you brought to the team in terms of your leadership style?
1: Yeah, I mean, I. I try to be self-reflective. I feel like to some extent, I've always been like that in, in my good moments or bad moments. I might be better or worse at that. But I've always believed there's there's something beautiful in every person. You know, they, Everybody has a gift to offer the workplace. I didn't know if they had enough of the right gifts to yeah. offer the company to stick around in that role. But even what I, where my head was going when I got into StrengthsFinder to solve this problem was I thought... Well, even if I can help them find the beautiful contribution they can make, and even if it's not here, I can help them get really clear on what that thing is Mm -hmm. so that I can help them market that to somebody else, either another team or another company. And that's what I could give them is Mm -hmm. the opportunity to be found and appreciated for the things that make them Awesome. So I think like when I did String Spider, that was actually my angle. I was thinking, well, I probably need to manage them out or fire them. And the best gift I could give them is help
0: them figure out how to give this to someone else. You know, there's like there's a positive side to that. How can I creatively and helpfully get you off my team? <laughs> you know,
1: Looking back, it's enough years ago now that I can admit yeah. that that's what was going on in my in,
0: head, in your mind. I had, before you came across the strengths perspective, had you tried anything else in terms of like, I mean, you created your little rubric and you're trying to kind of gather resources about management. But had you, did you feel like you had tried something to address this kind of poor behavior that you had seen, or the yeah the way that the people were acting and uh, reacting to your environment?
1: Yeah, there were lots of day-to-day situations. Um, It it tended to come into two categories. One would be where those couple of team members would come, and we were in a place where you had an office with a door. So they would come into my office, close the door, and then talk about other team members. And I I had this sense that they were trying to show – here are annoying things that other people are doing. I can tell you like those other people and their behaviors, but let me just point out to you how they're frustrating or not on the board. And so that was a really fascinating part. And during those conversations, I could definitely do some pretty good development and coaching where usually I could talk them through the process where if if they're bringing me a conflict with a team member and I could help them think through the logic, okay, now if you're escalating this to me, um, tell me about the support you're hoping for from me. And then they would say, well, I hope you go address it with them. And then I (laughs) could get them to think back, okay, let's play this out and how this would look. If I go to that person with this thing you're giving me, they know that you brought it to me because it's based on an interaction that the two of you had. And so now if you escalate things to me and then I go, do some, something punitive or have a negative conversation with them. They know it stemmed from you and now they don't trust you and now they don't yeah. like you and now you have a conflict amongst each other. So I could usually do some good development and getting them to come around to the fact that they should try to address their own conflict first, right. you know, attempt it personally. And then I could do more of the role playing and coaching and kind of the example, like I would be that team member and I right. could get them to play it out, like how they could get the feedback and what it would sound like and get comfortable with raising the conflict in the first place. So, um, so I definitely did a lot of that. I think that was healthy and productive and I was a decent coach at helping people see I could help other people see these things I in themselves, but I couldn't see it in myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Uh, and oh, then yeah. the other thing that I would be turning up—you know, I have a lot of influencing talents. If you look mm-hmm. at my top ten, as like eight of them are influencing, maybe seven. And so I was always thinking about how can I position this change so that they'll think it's amazing? It's
0: awesome. They won't even notice <laughs> it's a change. <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah. So it was very much about, and my individualization is always kind of like, how can I make this thing palatable to that person? And so I would, I think I get a little charge out of trying to help them get excited about something that they were just hating yeah. about the workplace. And a few times that it worked. worked. But when you're talking about the whole culture being the antithesis of them and what yeah. made them light up, it's difficult to do that at a big level.
0: Yeah, totally. All right. So then you somehow discovered the strengths perspective. Tell us kind of how you came upon that and then what happened? What, what did you do with it? Kind of practically speaking, what'd you do? And then what happened um, in your relationships with the people that you were managing?
1: Yeah. I, so I found Strengths Finder. I I feel like I heard about it through Sherm or something like okay. that. And I don't remember the exact spark, but I found the book and then had the whole team do the assessment and it was kind of like the like the the veil of um confusion about what makes a person off, awesome just came off. And getting people to be able to talk about how they worked cuz I always I viewed I always looked for strengths, but I, I think that my view of strengths was more about what people do. It was more about their knowledge and their skills mm-hmm. and the experiences that made them who they are. But I didn't think so much about how they think and feel and act and kind of the internal processing part of things. I wasn't giving that very much attention. So it, whoa, it gave me a whole set of layers about each person. And then it gave them that about each other and about themselves. So now instead of just me trying to analyze from afar with not very much information, now I can give them the tools to use with each other. I can give them the tools to use with themselves. And we got over many, many conversations, probably 10 different team level conversations. Didn't have a facilitator come in. It was just me as a leader coming up with exercises, but being from a learning and development background, I came up with you know, Be like
0: ooh, fun new tool to put into my toolkit of how yeah, to run yeah. this group, yeah. <laughs> totally,
1: and and that was actually one of the one of the first activities that I did was I had each person put a name, put their name on a sheet of eight eight and a half by eleven standard paper, and we clipped it on like a necklace, except it was on the back, and you uh-huh. had written your name on it, so that in the end you have, you know, your name in the center of the page, but then we walked around the room and we talked behind each other's backs, Uh, which was each person was going up to the other person and you were writing (laughs) something on their back, but it was one to three words that describe what you love about that person's Mm. contribution. And so you walk around the room and the goal was for everybody to try to get everybody. I think we had like nine team members. So it was doable to make sure that you had needed around the room to every person. And then you you take this thing off and you see all of these words that this is not even using the StrengthsFinder language yet. This is just understanding how people perceive you and how people perceive you at your best, because yes. they were all positively framed. <laughs> and then taking those words and like triangulating them with StrengthsFinder language. Wow. When Love people it. would go, oh, you're a, you're a light in the room. I could go, oh, well, that's my positivity making me hyper. <laughs> <laughs> making me kind of yeah, making me <laughs> sparky or um seeing something like being creative oh well that's not going to show up in StrengthsFinder language but right. if I pull together strategic and I combine it with individualization it makes me a really creative person and I could start to map and then we have that conversation mapping the words and the perceptions with StrengthsFinder language and with how you do want to be remembered by your team versus how you are seen, because they're usually a list of good things, but then there might be a bunch of untapped good things about you as well that you want to be part of that list. So it, I mean, the after was amazing and the openness that it creates when it's not just you doing it as a self-awareness exercise, but you get the people around you and then you can start to talk about it because it would just be weird. I mean, without introducing it as a yeah. thing.
0: <laughs> so I, mean, I know this is awesome about you now. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it just, t- it just takes the weird off yeah. of the conversation. Because I've had this, in the tools that I create in my business today, I'm offering these managers um, things to talk about in their yeah. one-on-ones that are strengths-based or things to talk about with their team members as a group. And for those who haven't been operating this way, just like yeah. I hadn't been, you really have to open this up as a thing that you're going to begin discovering as a team. Because otherwise, they get this like skeptical eyebrow. What is this for? Why, what? Why is this is an doing evaluation.
0: That? What yeah. am I? Suppo- what are you? Su- what am I supposed to be awesome at?
1: Yeah. Ooh, right. that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, what happened to that rubric? that you created you put these some people like you classified them down here and some people you classified them up here what did what did understanding your strengths do to that part of your management
1: you know what's interesting is i think it it really slowly but surely faded away and i wasn't comparing one person to the next person and trying to have a top performer list and a bottom performer list i knew that my rubric if you want to <laughs> even though i didn't know that's what it was
0: <laughs>
1: um, i Almost instantly when I saw their talent themes, I, I went, ooh, buddy, I, I need to look at myself in the mirror right here wow. because I saw some people who needed more time to process and think. I needed people who needed to hear the, hear the sausage making part of this business decisions that I thought I was protecting them from the mm. crap. And so I would give them the marketing version of right. things. And they could tell that that was polished and thought of already. They wanted to know, how did you come to this decision? And what are the things that you had to slog through? And what other good decisions did you throw out? Because you have to make a choice at some point. Um, They wanted consistency. And with me, with Maximizer and Strategic together, I'm tweaking and changing things every day. And I'm not the best at creating stability and looking at, from today's point of view i know hope stability com- compassion and yes, trust right <laughs> stability's right up there that's not a natural one for me i'm creating instability all the time so i started looking in the mirror and seeing how these things that they needed to be at their best i was not only not providing but i was unwilling to provide them before i really saw what it meant. And because what it, it didn't
0: so seem far. valuable. It's, it felt counterproductive. It's like, well, that's just not what we're about. So sorry that that's like a thing that you need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry for you. Sorry <laughs> for you. This might not be a good fit. Why don't you go find somewhere else? I'll help you. <laughs> that's really what I thought. And I
1: genuinely wanted to help them right. find something right. else. but. They didn't need to, the team actually needed some of that stability. And when I could open up what the after looked like, it was really amazing because we could be kind of the yin yang that we had pre-planned, where when I'm pushing for a fast change, someone else could say, okay, now wait a second, the reason why I'm resistant to this is, Mm. I wanna provide an answer to a customer that is correct. And when I say that this is how we approach things, and we're changing it every day, I feel like a liar to the customers. Mm. I feel like we're backing water when we said we're going to do it like this, and then we pull that away from them. I need the steady, stable part of things so that I can deliver a good customer experience. And then I'm thinking, oh, I hadn't considered that impact of some of these decisions and how we could get better at implementing them so that that stuff wasn't mm. at risk. So it was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I, I love I love how you just said that. It's a pre-planned yin yang. So it's like they have they were always the yin to your yang, right? But like <laughs> it only created frustration and conflict. It didn't create a more powerful, more dynamic, more diverse, more productive, more thoughtful team. It created like your little like category for them right like like this is not not a team player can't keep up with the pace of the change or whatever the, the words that were that you were describing their strength as at the time um, because because it, it, it does I mean back to even what you said about like making it not creepy it's like you all have to be on the same page in order to in order for you even as a manager to be in the right place to take that feedback you know like they might have almost been saying that type of thing all along, but you were seeing it as resistance. And because they were setting it up kind of like resistance, but instead you have the exact same type of conversation with the same strengths. And I mean, where did that lead you? I mean, sometimes you said, well, we still have to push forward. Maybe this is a way you could talk to your client about it. Or was it sometimes like you like, okay, like let's, let's wait a week. Or uh, how did that play out the practical side of like, what happened next after that conversation?
1: Yeah. It, it, so what happened next was, of course, first, it took me from, I literally viewed them as toxic to yeah. the team. And that is a bizarre contrast to what it ended up being. So then in a practical standpoint, what it looked like was, we, with the pre-planned yin-yang thing, yeah. we actually cre- ended up with a language for each other where it was like, hey, I promised that I would bring up the perspective uh, on... Uh on standard operating procedures or that's what they would yeah. say or i would say okay i promised that i would bring forward the future vision and what what we're headed towards so that you know that this is one step in that long-term vision that we all agree on and so we we kind of came up with our short form it's been a while now i don't remember the exact yeah, yeah. words but if you imagine yeah. the short code yeah someone could then raise to me which felt really risky for them in the past right now with openness they wow. could say Hey, I promised I would bring up this concern about standard operating procedures. And I'm going, oh, boom, there's that thing. Yeah. And then we have the conversation. And you know, I don't think it changed a lot of the direction that we took. I don't yeah. think it actually pulled me away from making the changes that I'm implementing on behalf of senior leaders that right. are cascading this through the organization. But what it did was it allowed. The team members to be seen and heard and appreciated, which the basic human needs kind of stuff that they were not getting. Right, and it allowed them to understand why we're making changes. And I hadn't been able to provide the why in a way that was compelling to them before because I didn't know why they cared. I didn't know why they were resisting. I only knew that they were resisting.
0: Right, right. In your in your lens, you want to make it shiny and 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 kind of vision oriented, but in their minds, they're wanting like, no, I want to know like how it even got to this point, right? That's the, their sales was like, I want the background. Your sales was like, I want to paint the picture of what can happen. And it just wasn't, it wasn't being passed on.
1: <laughs> uh, in strength language, you look at someone who has intellection, context, responsibility. This is one of the people on the team. And here I am with strategic is <laughs> moving forward. Individualization is seeing possibilities. Put, positivity is seeing possibilities. My futuristic is seeing possibilities. Everything is future oriented. That's where my mind lives. And I did not respect that her mind lived back here and she needed to understand where it came from before she could move forward. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like it made a dramatic uh, environment change, kind of the dynamics of your relationship with them changed. Did you also feel like it changed the productivity of the team? I mean, could you say, could you point to some things where you're like, I think we do this better now? Um, you know, cause some people are like, eh, it's still kind of soft. Like, I'm not sure. I like really, I, I don't buy You know, yeah, they weren't that engaged, but you know, we were still getting things done. How did it change kind of the practical aspect as well? <laughs>
1: So your question made me think of one of these big changes was an implementation of an account management system. Okay. Sort of like what a CRM would do, but it was basically logging interactions with customers and what the conversations were about. And one of the big pieces of resistance on this was like, well, we've never had to do this before. I'm the only account manager. I know everything about the customer. So why do I need to write it in the system? So somebody in corporate can audit it later. This was also an HR related function for some of the team. And so they were like, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much of this to document because it could put us at risk for discoverability. And they had all these concerns about using the system in general, and so they were just like, I'm not entering my conversations. I'm not logging that they happen. Well, the company wanted this, these conversations to be logged for other reasons. They wanted to understand the frequency that yeah. we were talking to customers. They wanted to understand who inside of the accounts and what those roles were like. It, there were a bunch of things to give it the short right. answer that didn't relate to the conversation itself. It related to Parts of the conversation to understand how to serve customers better by understanding what the dynamics were like. So these conversations allowed, even for the most reluctant person who didn't want to put any conversation details in the system, to at least do part of it and start to get comfortable with it. And then that opened the door, you know, once they're comfortable with it, they start to see, Oh, look, the salesperson now knows what the HR person's been talking about. They understand these are the latest company situations that the customer's been facing. Now I can have an educated conversation instead of them feeling like they're wasting time, getting me up to speed on all this stuff that I should already know because they've been talking to my company about it all along. So it changed our customer dynamic. It changed Mm -hmm. our, internal ability and willingness to implement. And, and that all, you know, when I look back, I'm like, that's all on me as a leader, because I didn't allow them to feel comfortable with the change until StrengthsFinder gave me a way to talk about this stuff openly.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's, that's pretty powerful Uh, from a relationship standpoint and from a productivity, get the objectives done standpoint (laughs) as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Final question. Uh, drawing from your own personal experience, what encouragement or advice would you have for somebody who can really, who really resonates with your pre-strengths problem? Maybe they're a manager. Maybe they kind of, they're like, yeah, I have those, like the, the rubric. I have the buckets of people like, these are my low performers. These are my high performers based on the objections we have. Like what, what encouragement or advice would you give someone who's, who can resonate with how you were feeling at the time before you discovered the strengths perspective?
1: Hmm. In a quick two parts. One is be willing to look in the mirror and go deep on what you're contributing to the problem because, hmm. I mean, we've all heard a million times you can't change other people, you can only change you. But there's often more to it than it seems on the surface. I'm not saying that makes every person a good fit for every role or a, a magically turns a non performer into a performer, but a lot of times you can find that you have a contribution to this conflict that you could do something powerful about. And if you're doing that through your talent themes, it doesn't take a heavy, uncomfortable lift. It's actually kind of a natural, easy way to turn things around. And then the second is just go on a noticing campaign and that is noticing what works so you can get more of what works, regardless of the person that you're working with. If you can spend concerted focus, because we have such a negativity bias, Yeah a concerted focus on what is that person doing or contributing or thinking or bringing, or how are they acting that is good for the team Wow! and notice it and say it out loud because a lot of times people are like, I don't want to give a trophy. That's just such a small little thing, but it is the small things that when they see that you are seeing them, they will give more of them. And it's so easy for people to replicate what they already do well. So notice what works and you'll get more of what works.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I know there's like a million more stories that you could share about oh, the way that the strength perspective has impacted your life and your work and your family and all that. Um, so maybe there'll be another time that we can continue the conversation, but for now, I'm so glad that, um, we got to spend the last half hour together and thank you for sharing with, uh, the people who are listening today about your experience with, um, the relation. I mean, really it was all, it comes down to relationships. Yeah. It was management. Yeah. It's team members, but it was your relationship with those people that changed and that changed, um, how they felt about coming to work, how you felt about coming to work with those team members and ultimately, um, how you, um, the type of objectives that you were able to achieve because you understand each other through their strengths. So really appreciate it.
1: Well, you're welcome. Thank you. It was a joy and I love what you already do for conflict. So it was fun to just add an extra layer to that.
0: Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Isn't Lisa's story so very resonant with the way we view a lot of people in our worlds? In the end, managing people is all about the way we see the relationships in our lives from a perspective of deficit or the perspective of benefit and strength. And Lisa has lived this so well. You can find out more about Lisa Cummings at her company site, leadthroughstrengths.com, where she hosts a highly rated podcast about the impact of your strengths on your work. And you can find her wisdom and humor on Twitter, at Lisa Cummings. You can also get those links over in the show notes at isogostrong.com slash isogotv. You know, ultimately, my dream would be to see thriving marriages, thriving families, thriving workplaces across the entire world. By orienting our minds towards our strengths, I know that we can get there, just like Lisa is doing. So I'd love to ask you to share Isogo TV, the video or the audio version, with your circles on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or maybe more importantly, right there in your home or office. And if you like Isogo TV, or particularly this interview with Lisa, please leave a five-star review over on iTunes. It not only means a lot to me, but also helps others find this podcast resource too. I'm glad that you were here today to hear how others have fueled significant changes in their lives by focusing in on their strengths. And I hope that you join me for more next time on Isogo TV.